0: Coming up, how do you build a successful portfolio of apps on multiple platforms, including Steam? Well, today's guest breaks down her process for coming up with game ideas, her revenue for her paid versus free apps, and a great tip for you if you're just getting started in the app business. Stay tuned. The most action packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Get unlimited content for your blog or company for just one low monthly price. Sign up and get your first article for free with our 14 day money back guarantee. Learn more at Copymasters.co. For just one low monthly price, you will discover our greatest growth hacks to driving massive downloads. You can learn more on appmastersacademy.com. What is up App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of appmasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content in the app business. I talked to some amazing people out there to really learn from them so that we can all collectively grow together. Today, I feel like I've known her for a very long time, so I'm super excited to have her on. Finally, we're doing this, Laura. I've got, (laughs) let me introduce you real quick, give you some of the accolades that she's been able to accomplish. Her name is Laura Tallardy. She is an independent game and app developer, and you can learn all about her at lauratallardee.com. It's like tall, but tallardy.com. She's from New York City, so if you're in the area, hit her up. She has a wide portfolio of games and apps on iOS, Android, and even the PC. Eek! Her apps have been downloaded over 2 million times. Mentioned the New York Times, the Evening Standard, and the Daily Mail. And honored with awards from Tech for Kids. We're going to discover how she finds gaps in the market, and then how she goes about making these particular games. But without further ado, Laura... Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thanks so much for having me. (laughs) All
0: right, Laura, let's talk about your process. Let's start from there, like the research. What are you, how are you doing the research? How are you filling the gaps? How are you figuring all this stuff out?
1: Um, well, that's one of my favorite parts. I really love kind of the business side about, uh, of, of apps. Um, so I'm mainly focused on a lot of, uh, children's work right now and anything in the children's kind of, uh, arena. So I like to keep my eye to the ground and see what's popular, see what's hopping on Netflix, see what's, you know, the kids on the street, what their little backpacks are and, you know, just kind of see whatever, whatever's popular. And, um, you know, try and use that to identify the things that are going well and then see if there's like an area in there that I could kind of slide into to fit. So I don't like to copy anyone, but like uh, to see where the trends are going and then see, all right, is there a space for me in, you know, whatever general arena this is that I can kind of slide in and, and make some products that people would enjoy.
0: I love that you use real life examples. Hey, what are they wearing on their backpacks? What are they yes. into? What are they watching on Netflix? What kind Paw of- That's I'm sorry? That's the
1: thing right now. It's Paw Patrol. It's the little puppies and yes. they- they go and they fight fires. I'm not sure the whole thing, but they're it's adorable. <laughs>
0: yes, my daughter's very much into it. We've got Chase and Marshall. I know all the characters. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's awesome. So tell me, from you said, what's going well? What do you mean by what's going well? So you kind of have an idea of what's culturally happening, what people are into, but then how do you turn that into a game or an app?
1: Um. I kind of have trouble not turning things into into games. That's always my problem is I want to make games out of everything. Um, so for me, it's kind of easy to to look at, like, the different subject matters that are happening. And then there are just – there. I feel like there are kind of basic games that we played throughout history, and we've kind of iterated on the same kinds of gameplay and, um, you know, not that we're playing chess forever and ever. Uh, but, you know, there are kind of similar um, uh, formats for gameplay that have come along. So I try and think, all right, what will we'll be – you know, what kind of a game would be good for this? And then also, um, you know, what more could I add to it so it's not just another, you know, dress-up game or just another puzzle game? You know, what kind of little pizzazz or extra hook can I add onto it that would, you know, set it apart, makes it fun, and then makes it
0: relevant as well. So you you already have an idea of some of the more popular games that have been in existence. I know the Color Switch creator david he would always said look i wanted to create a game that like would last years and you think about mario you know you think about all these type of games that have been around for a long time like simon says like these are things that have been existence and so what you're doing laura if i understand correctly is hey what's happening what are kids into and then how can i modernize some of the older classic games and put a new spin on it
1: exactly exactly so like you know like i said i don't like to just take things directly out um, but I had a series of dress-up apps that were very popular and still are, still selling really well. Uh, you know, it was based off of the concept of paper dolls, and you know, paper dolls have gone back forever and beyond that. Just you know, dress-up dolls have been around forever. So yeah, you know, it's it's a well-established format of play. Um, but they may not have been forever around forever with mermaids on your iPhone uh, with extra sparkles. So here they I are see. now. <laughs> very cool.
0: The dress-up games—they're all paid apps, right? Uh,
1: yeah. So. Um, for the most part, with a few exceptions, usually I have a free version available uh, with in-app purchases to kind of unlock the whole game. Um, that lets the parents usually say, all right, we'll try this out, and if you like it, we'll buy it. Um, and then also, I do have them available just to buy directly. If you don't wanna mess around with any of that, you just want the game. I uh, can do that too.
0: Hey, Laura, just out of curiosity, because I've noticed that this was a popular strategy back in the day, and now Apple seems to be cracking down on these type of apps. Have you noticed any problems that you're facing with Apple?
1: Um, that is deep and involved question.
0: <laughs> Just curious, because <laughs> I thought I didn't know if this was something that you could still do, but it looks like you're doing a free version and then a pro version, and kind of like cross promoting the both or whatever. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, this uh, a lot of these were done kind of in the in the big heyday where everybody was out there making games. It was really fun, actually. Yeah. Um. But and I haven't heard anything directly, but I've heard some things kind of down the rumor mill and and through the grapevine. Uh, the Apple is kind of tightening up uh, a lot of the rules and, um, you know, I'm, I'm never quite sure quite what to believe, uh, but it seemed like the consequences were pretty high for breaking the rules. Yeah. And I had kind of run out against their customer service with uh, one feature that I had, which I thought was perfectly fine. It was uh, like a catalog that crossed into all my apps. So there wasn't any third party promotion. There's no like alcohol promotion or like sexy singles or anything like that. Mm. It's just my games. It's nothing outside of my games. Um, but they were not, um, that didn't pass muster. And I was not really able to uh, make my case. And so at the end, you know, it's me versus Apple. So I have to take it down. Yeah. Uh, if, I want, if, you well, know, if I want to play on their ball game, have got to play
0: by the rules. It looks like it's working well for you. So, yeah, you know, yeah. you'll update us if anything goes astray, but that is very <laughs> curious to know. I'm very curious. So you did try promoting apps and just running some paid acquisition. Can you talk a little bit about that? Something that did not work for you?
1: Uh, well, as a whole, um, I thought the paid apps were going to work out a lot better because for me, that's the better value proposition. Um, but for the grand majority of people, it was, it's just the free version where you pay to unlock it. Just slaughters the free version, or I'm sorry, the paid versions, uh, because I think it's so easy to just pick it up when it's free. You don't have to pay anything, um, and then that it just exposes it to that many more people. Because in the end, it's a numbers game. If you're going to get one percent of the people to, you know, who look at your game to pay for it, you want to get it in as many hands as possible. Um, so if by making it free, you uh, make it available to that many more people. Um, you know, the numbers kind of work out in your favor a
0: little bit better. So you're saying that, Hey, if I'm looking at the revenue numbers free within app purchase way outperforms any of the paid. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, although over time I do the stats every month for all of my apps, which is a job that don't get, (laughs) don't get hooked into it. Uh, if you can help it. Uh, but it is really useful because I can kind of see the trends and how things are going over the years. Mm -hmm. And some of the, uh, for my big sellers, um, Oh, and I should also mention, I make a lot of my apps with uh, Scott Adelman, who's an amazing kids developer. Uh, so a lot of our apps are collaborations. Cool. Um, but like we have a couple big games that we've made together, and I think it's it's something like 4-to-1 or 10-to-1, um, the, the, the free revenue versus the paid revenue. Right. But then I have a few smaller apps that I think are more like uh, boutique apps, um, and they kind of even out. So sometimes I have a birthday app, and for some reason the full version sells better than the free version. So my <laughs> thought is Maybe it's the kids' birthday, so they think, oh, I'll buy them a little gift on the iPad. And here's a birthday app. I so see. So that's kind of my theory on on why some of that might differ, might deviate.
0: But to the listener out there who might be trying to figure out which one to pick, free. would you free, free with an free. app purchase? 100%,
1: ever yeah. and ever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry interrupt. It's too important.
0: No, please do. I don't mind. So how do you go about tackling? You said you had you work with was it David? Dave?
1: Uh Scott Edelman.
0: Scott Edelman. Yes. You said you work with Scott a lot. How do you go about making a game? How do you you know, what's the process like? Once you have an idea, you get some inspiration like Paw Patrol, how do you go about making and tackling that idea?
1: Uh, well, we usually have, um, somewhat of an idea, you know, it kind of starts from a little seed of, Oh, we should kind of make a game around this or something. Um, and if it's like one of the, uh, one of the smaller projects, uh, we can kind of, um, uh, hammer it out pretty quickly. Uh, we actually just did a huge, huge project that took, um, 10 months to finish. It's a, a virtual reality game. So I don't know if this is quite for your audience, but you know, it's making games using a lot of the same software. Um. But basically, um, we kind of flesh out everything that we need. Uh, we assign tasks. So I'll tell you know we'll kind of agree, all right, you do this, this, and this, and I'll do the design and animation or whatever. Um, and then we'll decide whose account to publish it on. And everybody breaks and does their work and then comes together. And, you know, we check up. But at this point, we're just G-chatting on the daily. Mm. Um, so we can kind of keep each other up to date. Um, and then once we get it together, we start to do testing. And then eventually... Uh, ship it out and then come back together and do marketing when we can and then plan our next game and at this point we've actually i had to count it up we've done 14 collaborations
0: wow. and we're on our
1: 15th right now um so the process seems to be working That's as far as getting the games out.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's really good finding a partner like that is it the yes. cinderella vr game that you're just talking about it is yes yeah. <laughs> it's on steam right
1: It's on Steam, it's on Viveport, it's on Oculus Home, it's on Springboard VR, it's on Synthesis VR, and I just found out about a couple new markets I want to try and get it on, like, an hour ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for making the time, Laura. Oh, sure, sure. (laughs) I love this idea because my daughter loves just grabbing, and I have this, like, I think it's the Google one, but a cheapy, like, VR device, she'll just grab it, and she'll just be like, but it's with the iPhone, so I don't know if it works with the iPhone or not. But like that's what she'll do and she'd be like, We have some roller coaster VR apps and she's oh, just on that. So it's a this is a great idea. I'm eager to try this oh, out. Yeah. So you gotta let me know if it's ever on mobile.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was actually um our one rookie mistake for because we had made all of these games with mobile and we basically had our, our um whole routine just polished and down. Uh but going on VR we were not really sure we were what we were doing. And um so we did have a couple of kind of missteps here and there. So basically you do need the very high end um, uh, either an Oculus or a Rift, uh, you do need entirely the room space. You need basically everything. Wow! <laughs> so our next game is going to be scaled back a little bit so that it's a little easier to show and a little more accessible. Um, uh, that was just something we didn't think of uh, when we started.
0: You might be the perfect person to ask about this, oh. but like from all the different platforms that you're on, which one has been the most profitable?
1: Um, it's hard to say. I want to say immediately Apple because we've been doing Apple since I think Scott's been in it since 2011. I've been since 2012. Uh, so we do have that, you know, of that six years of revenue uh, built up for Apple. Um, steam has done pretty well for us so far, but also it's a totally different ball field, um, because it's a $10 VR game versus a $1 app. So everything is a little bit different. Um, but steam's done well for us so far. Apple, has been the most steady. Um, I know some people do really, really, really well on Google. Like they managed to hack the Google system and really, you know, get into it. Um, but that I haven't been able to, to crack the code on Google.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I got friends who can like, oh, Google's crushing it for me. I'm like, I have no idea how that thing it's really? like, I got yeah. like $4. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but
1: I mean, more power to them, you
0: know. Any discovery, ability, or growth tips that you can provide to the audience about Steam?
1: Uh, for Steam, it, I'm really still kind of uh, getting started on that. And so we're re- not really sure, be- like how many of the mobile rules, because it was, you know, it's been such an established thing, you know, okay, you get your title, you get your keywords, you do the keyword stuffing. Okay, don't do the keyword stuffing anymore. We're not doing that. <laughs> um, and so we're still kind of uh, getting the hang of things on on Steam. Um We've had good luck with uh, the curators um, getting a lot of uh, on a lot of uh, curated lists, nice. and by a lot I mean six, which is a lot more than zero. So I'll take, it. <laughs> I, I'll take that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think it's been doing pretty well overall. The one thing that we're still trying to crack is uh, is the reviews issue because it's mm-hmm. driven a lot of the Steam uh, promotions and algorithms are driven by the reviews. You know, just like in the mobile. Uh, system, but unlike the mobile system, you can't just pop up and say, Hey, do you like our app? You know, rate it, um, in VR that would knock you back, knock you over, you <laughs> know, good. Um, so it's, it's, we're still cracking that nut as far as, um, advanced marketability goes besides you know, our title description, the keywords, the screenshots, the banners, this, that, and the other.
0: How are you ending up on these curated lists?
1: Um, I, they have a little thing that says a uh, curator, cornet. And they will actually send curators a copy of the game. And so you kind of pick out which curators uh, you like. And they only show you, I think, current ones. And so I like to pick out ones that have like a lot of subscribers.
0: Mm. Um,
1: Unless it's really relevant, then I'll just send it anyway. Uh, But you think at, um, at this time you can send out like 100 different codes. So my goal is to hit 100 curators with codes send them 100 codes. Um, I'm up to into like the 60s right now. Uh, it's, it's slow going, but um, you can also search like, um, the curators have their own keywords. So you can search through, you know, VR and, you know, friendly experiences and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm trying to send it just to people who are uh, relevant, but we did get picked up on one entirely different one. It was, I think uh, beat games, like uh, musical rhythm games, because wow. we have a little rhythm mini game in our, in our game. <laughs> so that was neat. Um, so it's just a lot of, a lot of hitting the road, a lot of asking, and and sending a lot of emails.
0: So unlike Apple, where you can download these promo codes and you have to distribute them, I'm just, if I'm understanding correctly, Steam, you can say, "Hey, here's a curated list. Like, do you want to send here the list of curators? Do you want to send it? And you can automatically send it to them. Just say check, 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 send."
1: Exactly. It's actually really easy. You That's just send a cool. little note and tell them how many codes you want to go through, and it's just shoop, across.
0: That's so. very cool, Laura. I love that. Yeah, Thank yeah. you for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally.
0: <laughs> the The next thing I want to move on to is. How do you know when to ship? I think a lot of people that I talk to sometimes like, oh, it's not quite right. Or I want to do this. Or and some people are like me are like, I'll just ship that thing. And it's like ugly as heck, but I'll just ship it no matter what, you know?
1: Um, I'm, I'm kind of more on your side of the, of the equation. Um, I feel like once we, uh, once Scott and I, because most of my games now are collaborations with Scott. Uh, but once we kind of figure out what we want to do, for the most part, we know when we've hit it. It's like you know we set out to do this, this very concrete thing like I'll make a little game document and like set out our goals and everything that we want to hit what we want the finished game to look like so as we're approaching it it becomes easier to see like okay it's running but we don't have these graphics yet and we still need to fix this um, and then we get it to mostly done then we do bug testing um, and th- at that point when we know it's complete I'm very visually like I want everything to look very pretty and I want everything to look very smooth so you know I'll give that a once over. Um, and so at that point, usually after the bug testing we will release, um, and ever, every once in a while, I'm sure you've had this happen. You know, you give it to people for feedback and testing and they're like, Oh, we'd like it if you changed it entirely. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's a great idea. It's actually great feedback and uh, to do that, but we wanted to release this like today. <laughs> um, so for ideas like that, we'll just kind of shelve them for the next time. Um, but at that point, once it's, once it's together, it's what we wanted it to be and it's working. It's not buggy anymore. Uh, at that point we release it out into the world because we have, for the most part, we have more games to get to. Um, we just have a huge pileup kind of constantly edging us out and, uh, and keeping us moving forward. Hey,
0: Laura, I want to understand your process a little bit because I think you're very methodical and you want things to go right. And you've done this so many times, but when I, and this is where I'm stuck on. So it's a personal question, but. There's this app idea that I have. I just don't know where to start. Like, usually I'm like, hey, developer, make something like this, right? How do you like to break it down? You've got this idea, maybe for the VR game. Do You like to sketch it out. Do You like to make a doc. Like, you spend eight, 10 hours trying to really go through every screen and how it's going to perform. Like, I want to understand your process.
1: You know, it's funny I should mention that because I just found the stuff that I just moved. And so my, I had to reset up my studio and I found my little iPhone design yeah. templates yeah. and you can actually draw little designs on there. So sometimes I do that. <laughs> is that. the? Um, I'm sorry? Go ahead. Oh, um, so basically uh, uh, kind of, so I guess the question is kind of how to, how to get through it there. Yeah. Um, so generally what I like to do is focus on what the product is meant to be. So like, for example, with the mermaid dress up app, I was like, I want to be able to have a mermaid doll. And then I press a button and the clothes swap that's kind of like a minimum viable product. Um, and so I try and get there and I'm like, okay, I'm there. Do I want to kind of build out anything from the core gameplay or the core, you know, experience? Um, and then at that point, usually I'll like, I'll have a pretty good grasp of the game. And then you have to build kind of the little things around it. Like, okay, now I need a splash screen. Now I need a title screen. I need the credits. If there's like a pause screen or something like that, or any kind of the, the little extras around that. Um, So I'll kind of get the the actual functioning, cool part working first. And then once that's good to go, I'll add everything around it and then push it out the door.
0: (laughs) Where, where are you doing it? Are you coding it yourself or cause here's my problem. I've been such a maker mindset that I don't like plan that well. I just go straight into the shop and I'll just start like tweaking it and start like, like for certain people, they might, you know, draw up a landing page. Here's the text. Here's I'm just more like go into the software and let's just build it. And then kind of tweak on the fly. Do you, do you have that same approach or are you kind of like, no, like, here's, let's plan this. Let's go into a word doc. Let's go into slides. What are you, how are you doing this?
1: Um, I'm generally more, a little bit more of a planner. So, um, I kind of came from an artistic background, so I communicate really well through sketches and that's just my fastest way to get things out. Uh, so a lot of times I'll like kind of sketch what I want the app to look like, um, you know, kind of sketch out the screens. Um, and then I'll usually kind of build some kind of a wireframe. Um, I've made flow charts in the past just because I like making flow charts. I don't know that it really makes that much of a difference. But, you know, it's helpful to see, you know, the the scope of the game and what you're looking at and, how, and what kind of connects to what. Um, and then kind of generally what you want it to look like. Um, so that's usually what I what I start from is a fistful of sketches and maybe a flowchart. And like I said, I'll write out those design documents, which is kind of like, um, you know, we want the game to feature these things. We want it to be this long. We want it to have these, you know, elements or whatever. Um, and then that kind of... Because um, I feel like in a creative, artistic uh, thing like this, it's very easy to get distracted and be like, "Oh, but I, I want to do this." Um, I had to. I was actually working really hard on um, getting these little sheep and chicken. It was a little chicken running around in Cinderella, and it, it has nothing to do with the game. At no point do you interact with the chicken. I was just so focused on like, "Oh, this chicken is amazing," and so that keeps me. You know, that kind of keeps me on on the path of. Really, the chicken has nothing to do with it. Get back to the game. I
0: love love that story because when I was actually developing, are you guys still using Corona, by the way?
1: Um, We are for like the kind of 2D stuff. Um, But right now we're using Unity just to do the big 3D VR stuff.
0: When I was coding back in the day, I had this kid's game, and I wanted the rain. I worked so hard on making the rain look right because I wanted different, you know, obviously all the drops can't look the same. They have to come at different speeds. And so- it was like, and I was like, no, that's not right. And it was just that. And it's just, it's a background thing. But, you know, like to the end user, they might not notice it. But like to us designers, developers, we're like, yeah. I'm like this rain has to look perfect. It's got to be perfect. Yeah. You don't
1: understand.
0: It was completely that. It was totally that. Exactly. And I'm
1: happy to say the chicken behaves like 95% of the time.
0: That's awesome. But like
1: in the end scene, like where it's the big climactic, like, you know, Cinderella gets the shoe and everything's happily ever the chicken will bust out of its little colliders. And I put a little sound effect on it when I was playing around with it. So it's this whole you know, story happening around you and this chicken just comes near you and starts clucking. It's not supposed to be there. It's like cluck, cluck, cluck,
0: cluck. No, I like that. <laughs> get out of here, Did you do the sound effects? <laughs>
1: um, I downloaded, I found those online. But uh, it's that. wonderful. It's a wonderful <laughs> bug to get. <laughs> the chicken escapes.
0: It's funny because it, I feel like those are the really well-designed games is when you've thought about some of the backgrounds. Cause I've, you know, I got started making kids apps and I was like, Oh, this is cool. Yes. It has nothing to do with the game, but it has, it's a background character and you need that. Cause it adds, I don't know, motion adds texture. It
1: has personality too. And lets you connect with something in the game. Like, um, we're working on a, on a game now and it's, um, I shouldn't say too much, but, um, it's a, it's a really fun game and it's bas- you're basically in a room with the whole time and there aren't really, uh, that many characters to interact with. So I was thinking, you know, this, everything is still, everything is like, uh, static. And so I, I fought really hard. I was like, we, we changed the story of the game and everything so that we could get a little pet cat. Mm. And so you, you know, the cat's not important at all, but it gives you something to connect with where you're like, Oh, there's a thing. Hi. Okay. Let's do, you know, let's solve this game. Or, right. You
0: know, right. Right. I love it. So no, let's talk to the, the first time developer. Cause I know people in the audience are sometimes picking up. I hear from people like, I just found your podcast. Oh my goodness. You know, it's perfect for when I'm just making this app. So the, for the first time developer, and we've been in this space for quite a while now for the okay. first time developer. Like, what would you say, knowing all the years that you have under your belt, Laura, what would you say to that first time developer?
1: I would say to make something, um, small and easy to get started with, um, and I like to tell people things now, too, because I started teaching, and it turns out yeah. that I'm really bossy. Um, no, it's great. I love it. Uh, but I always um, – I like to tell my students that also, and just everybody, uh, you know, developers getting started, because there's so much involved in game making that you don't even know until you get into it. And sometimes at that point, it's you get so overwhelmed. So if you just start off with something, like if you just make a Pong clone or just like something very easy – where you just have to display some graphics, you have to have some kind of very simple interactivity, you have to keep track of some variables, maybe you're writing to disk, you know, you're doing some kind of that, you kind of build around, you know, a start screen, a credit screen, and just kind of get used to the format of how, of how a game kind of fits into an app binary or whatever, you know, the package that gets sent off. Um, I think starting smaller and making it the smallest thing it could be and then just getting through the whole process is the most valuable because once you get through that, you've covered all the technical hurdles and then you can kind of start really building, um, instead of jumping in being like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to make Skyrim, but mermaids, and it's going to be Minecraft. It's going to be amazing, (laughs) you know, uh, because I feel like if you get started with such high expectations, once you find out, you know, how much is involved, um, sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. I've had that happen too. Yeah. And then you just have to kind of scale back and think, all right, what can I do? What's a doable amount of gain for the time and, and, uh, knowledge that I have now. I love it. And then, and then build from there.
0: Laura, anything else you want to cover before we hit the big finish?
1: Um, let's see. I'm not sure. Um, I'm really, um, I'm just psyched still to be a part of the games community. I love always, you know, seeing more people come in. So I'm really glad you're doing this podcast. Um, You know, get more game makers in, get them passionate about about making these games and and buy my games.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You can find all of Laura's games on lauratallardy.com. Is there stuff on Scott's website at all?
1: Yep, he is uh, scottadelman.com as well.
0: Cool. Uh, That's
1: A-D-E-L-M-A-N.
0: Cool. I'll link that into the show notes as well. Awesome. Laura, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Give us one app. We definitely have to check out.
1: Oh my gosh. What a surprise. Um, is it for like uh, developers or just like the app that I use a lot?
0: Like what's your favorite app? You put, I know what you put out down here. You want me to tell you? Yeah. Such with a P, the ends with a go.
1: It's absolutely Pokemon. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just got a shiny today. So I'm like extra hyped. <laughs>
0: Very rare little dog. I'm surprised by the, the longevity of this game because sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, that's still a thing. And yeah, there's still a great community behind it.
1: Absolutely. No, I ran into somebody. I just moved, but I just ran into somebody today from my old uh, rating group. It was really, it's really sweet. I missed them. Um, but no, I think because it's it's such a solid brand and it's such a solid like, you know, it has been going since I was a kid. Yeah. You know, I was little and I love Pikachu. Now I'm quite older and still love Pikachu. <laughs> um, but you know, it's took that... It, it, Took advantage of the technology that's here, that's in everybody's pockets, and um, you know everybody knows and loves the franchise, and it, it keeps people social and it keeps them moving. Um, I'm totally that person that you get talking to at a party, and they won't shut up about Pokemon. So, <laughs>
0: I'm assuming you're going to watch a new video, new movie as well. Then
1: I'm kind of hyped about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is so funny. Anyways. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what's the, what's a lesson that took you the longest to learn?
1: Um that the things that I want to make and spend time on are not necessarily the things that are going to be popular and that are going to make a game so well. Um, I was just telling the story to somebody, um, uh, right before we got on online. Um, I spent a really long time making this really beautiful jigsaw puzzle apps called birthday princess birthday puzzles. Is that right? Princess birthday party puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, everything is these fully articulated characters. There's a cast of like seven characters all princes and princesses and they have this whole animated birthday. It's amazing. It took me like I think seven months or something like that. And Scott as well. He was, he was part of that. And midway, we were like, this project is killing us. You know, it's so complicated. Let's just make a quick little app. So we made shapes puzzles. It took us a week. I cut out circles. I was like, what's the easiest thing we could do? Shapes. So it's like triangles and circles and stuff. And that outsells the princess app uh, pretty consistently. So seven months versus two weeks. Um, I, that was the big lesson there It was just, sometimes you just want to make it because it's, it's big and complicated, but that doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to respond to it. And sometimes it's just so something you didn't expect at all. Yeah. So the time doesn't really always correlate.
0: It's great advice, Laura. The website is lauratallardy.com. Go check out their newest game, Cinderella VR on steam. That's going to be linked up into the show notes as well. Laura, if the per- if the audience wants to connect with you personally, do you want to send them anywhere else?
1: um sure well you can go through my website i'm also on twitter um gosh i'm so bad at the other ones just hit me up on twitter Love it's it. uh, l <laughs> tallardy and um i can send you the spelling and stuff
0: cool i got it and then so if you awesome. just click on laura's name in the podcast app you'll go to our twitter profile laura yeah. thank you so much for taking the time and coming on and doing this
1: awesome of course thank you so much for having me it's super fun
0: thank you all for listening we'll see you at the next chat